then the women are addressed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنَاتِ And say to the believing women, tell them, what? That يَغْضُضْنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنْ They should also lower, cast down, reduce, shorten some of their gazes, some of their glances. Meaning just because men have been told to lower their gaze, it doesn't mean women have a free license. Check this guy out and check that guy out. No. Equally, women are told, يَغْضُضْنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنَّ They should lower some of their gazes. وَيَحْفَظْنَ فُرُوجَهُنَّ And they should also guard their private parts. The same rule is for the women. Remember that women, they have to lower their gaze also. And this means that they have to refrain from looking at the aura of another. And that another could be a man or it could be a woman. Right? Likewise, lowering the gaze for a woman also means not looking at people's private matters. You know, looking inside their house or looking into their phone when somebody's texting, looking, okay, who is, who is he texting? Who is he sending a message to? No, don't do that. يَغْضُضْنَ مِنْ in a hadith in Muslim, we learned the Prophet ﷺ said, A man shall not look at the nakedness of another man, nor shall a woman look at the nakedness of another woman. You see, it's the same here. So a man should not look at the nakedness of another man, and a woman should not look at the nakedness of another woman. It's the same, same rule. Now remember that looking at men could be of two types. One is looking with desire, with enjoyment. So for example, looking at the guy who's on a sports show, alright? And look, his suit looks really nice. Wow. Decent. I wish my husband dressed like that. You see how that thought led to another thought? Right? And then looking at his lips or nose or cheek or beard or whatever it is, looking at it with, you know, with that element of attraction, with that appreciation yeah that, that looks really nice that kind of looking is not okay so as soon as you start looking too much what do you need to do what do you need to do yaghdudna min absarihin now whoever that guy is whether he's sitting in a talk show or he's giving an islamic lecture or he is an mc at an islamic event on a big screen you're looking at his face you know don't keep looking on don't keep looking on the other kind of looking is simply looking with no desire or enjoyment. And there is nothing wrong with this. This ayah does not mean that women should not look at men. They can look at men. Of course, we need to look at each other when we're working with one another. Right? When we're communicating with each other. Aisha radiallahu anha, remember she saw the men performing their tricks in the masjid? She was looking at them. The Prophet ﷺ didn't say to her, lower your gaze. No. In fact, he is the one who asked her, would you like to look? And she said, sure. So she looked at the men. So looking at men is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But as soon as some element of attraction, enjoyment or desire comes in, then that is where you have to stop, look down, look away. Alright? Also remember one thing. Men have been told, يَغُضُّ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ Women have been told, يَغُضُّ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ Then is there any room for looking at each other? And looking on and on and on. Is there any room for that? No. 
There's no room for that. Guard yourself. Protect yourself. You're not someone who should be a source of enjoyment for others. You should not be a source of temporary pleasure for others. Guard yourself and guard your eyes. Go ahead. Of course, same thing. I mean, the same kind of looking applies to men as well. So men, when they're looking at women, if they're looking at a woman without any uh, enjoyment, any source of attraction or anything like that, that's perfectly fine. Right? Like for example, let's say there's an eye doctor. Alright? And a woman comes. Right? Now, he should not be looking down. Okay, I'm sorry, I can't check your eyes. Right? No, he has to do his job. But he should... And he stick to his business, right? I mean, he has to look at her eyes, not check out her purse, right? Or look at her hands and admire the slender fingers, right? He doesn't need to do that. And of course, the other kind of looking, two types of looking, right? So one with enjoyment and the other without enjoyment. So one with enjoyment, not allowed. Without enjoyment, allowed. How about if you started without enjoyment? You started without any enjoyment, without any element of attraction. And then after a few minutes, then these thoughts come in. Then what do you do? What do you do then? That's where you have to, يَغْضُضْنَ min أَبْصَارِهِمْ The women also have to, يَحْفَظْنَ فُرُوجَهُنْ They should also guard their private parts. From what? From exposing them, and also from doing haram with them. Meaning they should cover their private part, and they should not do haram with their private part. Covering the private part, what does that mean? Remember that the aura of a woman in front of another woman, and the aura of a woman in front of a man is different. Okay? So this means that if you are in front of a woman, alright, and let's say your legs are somewhat exposed, like the lower half of your legs is somewhat exposed, there's no harm. Okay? But... What if you are sitting in front of your cousin, guy cousin? Then is that okay? To wear a dress that is like this short so that you're just below your knees, half of your legs are exposed? Is that okay? What about arms? So let's say you're wearing short sleeves. You're at home with your family members. You're wearing short sleeves. Is that okay? It's fine. But what if your cousin walks in? Can you go in front of him with your short sleeves? No, that's not okay. Alright? So, for a woman in front of another woman, what is the awra? There is a difference of opinion. The scholars say that the bare minimum that a woman must cover in front of another woman is the same like that of a man. Meaning, from the navel to the knee. Minimum. Because you see, when a woman is nursing, alright, when a woman is nursing, then what happens? Part of the body does get exposed, like the stomach... Right? Or the side, or a lot of the neck. So it gets exposed. So we have not been told that you must cover, you know, from this length down of your neck. No. The general guideline is that between the navel and the knee must be covered. Alright? And above that, below that, depending on what you're doing, where you are, who you're with, you will cover. You understand? Is it clear? So, for instance, if you are wearing a dress, alright, that has a very low neck, very low neck, 
I mean, technically speaking, you're not doing anything haram. Technically speaking. But, is it considered decent to go into a public gathering of women even, with part of your chest exposed? It's not appropriate. Because of course in a gathering there's all types of people, right? Even if it's a women-only gathering. I mean, there's children, there's other women. So you should consider covering yourself over there. Right? So, وَيَحْفَظْنَ فُرُوجَهُنَّ Now, for women, after these two commands, there's one more command. There's an additional command. And remember that additional command, what does it mean? There's more you have to do. And if you have to do more, then what is that? Huh? More difficult? More restrictions? Depends on how you look at it. Depends on how you look at it. You know what? When I go outside, for example, with my husband and I'm wearing a hijab, like, you know what? I'm getting rewarded for every single second. Right? For every single second, inshallah. Because I am in the state of covering myself. You know, you think about being outside for 10 hours and all those 10 hours you had your hijab on. Yes, it's tiring, exhausting, but no pain, no gain, right? And women know that. Women know that really well. No pain, no gain. So imagine, if you have your hijab on the whole time, you're getting reward for the whole time. What's the additional command that the women have been given? Wala and not, yubadina, they should reveal. Yubadina from the word ibda, badal wow, badu. What does ibda mean? To reveal, to expose. Ma tubduna. What is ma tubduna? That which you reveal, that which you express. So the women should not reveal zinatahunna, their zina, their adornment. What does it mean by this? Their adornment. When you think about a beautiful woman, a woman who's described as beautiful, what comes to your mind? Beauty, adornment, what comes to your mind? Don't tell me nothing comes to your mind. Okay, forget about any other woman, think about yourself. When do you say, I look beautiful? When do you say that? Okay, when you've done something to your hair. Okay, what else? When you dress up, what else? When you're wearing makeup, what else? When you're wearing jewelry, okay, good, what else? Okay, when you've just taken a shower, yes? Okay, when your body is in shape, right? So even if you just stepped out of the shower, you're wearing your pajamas and you look at yourself in the mirror, even in those pajamas, right? You appreciate your hair, your skin, your pajamas, right? You appreciate them. They look nice. That's why you're wearing them. Otherwise, why would you wear them? So remember that their beauty, this is of two categories. The first category is mawaldi'uzzina. Their adornment, meaning the parts of the body that are beautiful in and of themselves. The parts of the body which are beautiful in and of themselves. Meaning even if you do nothing, still they're beautiful. Like what? Your hair, right? Your neck, your face, your arms, your skin, right? I mean, when you tell a little girl, you're so beautiful. Why do you say that to her? Because she's wearing heavy layers of makeup on her face? Or because she's adorned with jewelry head to toe? Why you say that to her? Because she's wearing a cute, nice, simple, plain dress even. Right? With matching hair clips and matching shoes. That's it. And you say, you're beautiful. 
When you look at a baby, you say you're beautiful. So remember that adornment doesn't just have to do with what you put on yourself to beautify. Zina, first of all, refers to the parts of the body that are beautiful in and of themselves. This is zina badaniya, fitri zina, natural beauty. And the second category of zina is the adornment that a person has put on themselves to further beautify themselves, to enhance their beauty. So for example, your hair, you comb it. It's plain, simple, it's beautiful. But then if you put some color in your hair, or for instance, you, you, know, you style them in a particular way, that is beautification. Your neck is beautiful anyway, but when you put a necklace around it, it looks even more beautiful. Your hand is beautiful anyway, but when you put a ring on it, it looks more beautiful. Bracelet, right? Earrings, makeup, mascara, and you know better than me what all comes in this beauty, right? Nail polish, even perfume, that is also part of adorning yourself. Fine clothes, even that is part of adorning yourself. So Allah says that وَلَا يُبْدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ Their beauty, whether it is of the body or it is a beauty that they've put on themselves, they should not flaunt it. They should not show it off. They should not display it. They should not display it. Yes, they should not display it. إِلَّا except Except for what? مَا that which ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا ظَهَرَ It becomes apparent مِنْهَا of it. Meaning that beauty which becomes visible itself. You can't hide it anymore. You can't hide it. Like for example, your height, even that is a part of beauty, right? That is also a part of beauty. Even if you're wearing a hijab, can you cover your height? You can't cover your height, right? Likewise, you are, let's say, on a regular basis, you wear kohl, right? I'm not talking about mascara and eyeliner and uh, eyeshadow and all of that stuff. Right? Just normal kuhl. If a woman is wearing that, that is illa maldahara minha. I mean, what is she meant to do? Put something on her eyes to cover? Then how is she meant to walk? Right? Likewise, she's wearing some jewelry. So for instance, she's got some rings on and they're not so big and colorful and super attractive that from 50 feet you notice it. No, it's simple jewelry. And when a woman is going to pass some cash or take keys or something, a little bit of the ring shows or the hand shows, what is she meant to do? In 40 degrees, is she meant to wear gloves? The Sahabiyah did not wear gloves. Gloves do not even exist at that time. Likewise, her feet. I mean, she's wearing a long dress, she's wearing an abaya, and it covers her ankles, covers her feet, but as she's walking, her feet get exposed when she's walking outside. Now this is something that gets exposed by itself. You understand? You cannot expect from a woman that she should cover herself up so much that it is difficult for her to move. It is difficult for her to go outside of her house. But you know who decides, who knows whether it is beauty that can really be covered or beauty that gets exposed by itself? Who decides that? It's you. You draw the line. You draw the line. And... This is why you see in the previous ayah we learned, Allah knows what you do. Allah knows in the previous ayat we learned what you reveal and what you conceal. Allah knows our intention. So, وَلَا يُبَدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ إِلَّا مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا Except for that which gets exposed by itself. Likewise, you wore hanna. Right? Now it's on the inside part. You're wearing long sleeves. 
And you know, you're not going like this in front of guys. But it so happens that as you're writing, you know, maybe you are putting in the code for your card as you're purchasing your groceries. And in that process, a little bit of henna, I mean, it, it will be shown. So that's illa ma zahara minha. Your purse is beautiful. Purse is also beautiful, right? That is also part of your adornment. Now you can't possibly put your purse inside your abaya. Right? That's exposed itself. Your glasses may be beautiful. What are you meant to do? Cover your glasses even? How can you do that? So, illa ma zahara minha. Okay? Remember this. And who draws the line? You do. Who decides? You do. And this is a matter between you and your Lord. وَلْيَضْرِبْنَ One more command Allah gives to the women. Then وَلْيَضْرِبْنَ And they should put, and barb literally means to strike, but here it doesn't mean hit. It means put, place. They should place بِخُمُرِهِنَّ Khumur is a plural of khimar. What is khimar? Headscarf. What is khimar? The piece of cloth that is worn on the head. Understand? So the khimar which is on their head, what does Allah say? They should place it where? Ala upon juyubihinna. Juyub is a plural of jayb. And what is jayb? Jayb is basically chest. The place where the heart is. So in the context of a woman, it refers to her breast. So they should take part of their khimar, part of their head cloth, and where should they put that? On their chest. What's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of this? To cover the chest, but isn't the chest already covered with your shirt? Why do you have to put your khimar on your chest? Why? Is there a difference? Pick up your hijab, okay? And draw it very close to your neck. I'm not looking at you, okay? You can do it comfortably. Everybody. Is there a difference? Like if you really gather it up and put it right close to your neck. Yes, your chest is technically covered, but is it concealed? It's not concealed. So what's the objective of putting part of the khimar on the chest? To conceal the chest. Now one thing, the objective is to conceal the chest, not highlight the chest. If the khimar is worn in a way that the khimar is coming on the chest, but the chest is being more highlighted because of the way the khimar is put on the chest, then that defeats the purpose. Because sometimes what we do is that we gather up our hijab from the sides, alright, so it's sitting on our shoulders, okay, and then it's just on our chest. Now when you're looking at me, where is your attention going? Where? On the chest, right? Because that is where the nice printed colorful hijab is. The point is to conceal the chest. And you cannot conceal your chest fully until you conceal part of your arms also. You understand? So you also have to conceal part of your arms. Clear? Because sometimes like, I understand when it's winter, you're wearing a small hijab because you're in your jacket all the time anyway. Right? That's a different situation. But in the summer especially, with a small hijab, if you've taken part of it and you're using it to cover your chest, make sure that your chest is not being highlighted. It should be concealed. So, وَلْيَضْرِبْنَ بِخُمْرِهِنَّ عَلَىٰ جُيُوبِهِنَّ وَلَا يُبْدِينَ And they should not reveal زِينَتَهُنَّ their beauty إِلَّا except 
Now this doesn't mean that you have to cover your beauty in front of everybody. So only when you're at your house, inside your room, you dress up and when you go out, you have to wash off that makeup and you know, put that boring abaya on. No. You can dress up. But when it comes to men, you should not be showing your beauty to everybody. So who is it that you can show your beauty in front of? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, إِلَّا إِكْسَبْتْ لِبُعُولَتِهِنْ بُعُولَ بُعُول Plural of Ba'al. Plural of Ba'al. Who's Ba'al? Husband. So they're husbands. You see, the first person who's mentioned is who? The husband. And what does that mean, my dear sisters? The husband has the most right to see you beautiful. Not the women in your friend circle whom you are kind of envious of or you feel like they're maybe envious of you. Or there's a competition, a hidden competition. She got new clothes, I better get new clothes. She colored her hair like that and I have to color my hair like that when I go next to a party. What's the point? The person who deserves your beauty is your husband. So show beauty to him. Show beauty to him. Unfortunately, what we do is if we have to go somewhere in the evening all day, you know, we're in our pajamas or in a shirt that is covered with hair color, all right? And our hair is, you know, stuck with the, what do you call it, those curl your hair, right? Or it's covered with hair dye and the poor husband is seeing you in your pajamas and a ajib shirt and faded pajamas and then you go to take a shower and make your hair and put your makeup on and put your nice clothes that the poor guy paid for and then you go to a party and then when you come back you're like, can't wait to get out of these clothes and you take them off and you go back into your pajamas and then you sit next to him. Zulm. <laughs> Unfair. Beautify yourself for your husband. When you go home, when your husband comes home, spend a few minutes to beautify yourself. Put some lipstick on. Put some nice clothes on. Put some perfume on. Do some makeup. Something. Beautify yourself for the husband. إِلَّا أَوْ أَبْنَائِهِنْ Or their sons. Obviously your sons live with you, your children live with you. If they're not living in the same house, they come visit you. and You can show your zina to them. You can dress up in front of them. But obviously this doesn't mean that the way you dress up in front of your husband, in short clothes and tight clothes, or however you dress the same way in front of your son. Okay. <laughs> so this is how you should dress up in front of your husband? Okay. Can you show us your earrings? Nice, mashallah. You also have a ring on. Do you wear them when you're doing dishes? Okay. Okay. You know, if nothing else, just put a nice dubatta on. Like a nice shawl on. Look fresh. Look fresh because the poor guy has been working outside all day. And when he comes home, he sees a stinky wife in her pajamas. Freshen up even if it's just with a little bit. You know, sometimes our entire focus is on cooking. So sometimes we think that because we're going in front of guys that are younger than us, it's okay. What we forget is that that guy is maybe 17, 18 years old. Or for an older woman, that guy is still a guy. He's still a man. And he's got a heart in his body. And a brain in his head. And hormones in his body. He's got them. So it doesn't matter whether you're 40 or 50 or 30 or 20. Even 15 or 13. Cover yourself. 
Don't be a source of pleasure for other people. But display your beauty in front of who? Bu'ulatihin aw abnaihin. Look. Li bu'ulatihin. Who's bu'ul? Husband. Aba'ihin. Who's aba? Father. Alright? Father, but notice it's plural. Father, this includes grandfather also. Alright? Maternal and paternal. And this also includes maternal, paternal uncle. Aba also includes paternal and maternal uncle. So your mother's brother, your father's brother. The fathers of their husbands. Who's he? Father-in-law. Okay? The father of your husband is who? I know many of you are not married, but at least you should know that your husband's dad is called who? Dad-in-law or father-in-law. Alright? And this also applies the other way. Meaning, this also applies to son-in-law. Okay? Or their sons. Sons, this includes your son, as well as your grandsons, from your son or from your daughter. Grandsons. Or the sons of their husbands. Sons of their husbands. Who are they? Stepson. Meaning husband's son from another wife. Alright? Aw ikhwanihin or their brothers. Now my dear sisters, brother doesn't include brother in Islam. Okay? Nor does it include cousin. Okay? Ikhwan, this is blood brother. Okay? Aw bani ikhwanihin or the sons of their brothers. And who's that? Nephew. Aw bani akhawatihin or the sons of their sisters. And who's that? Nephew. So nephew either through your brother or through your sister. Mahram. Alright? But what if it's your husband's nephew? What if it's your husband's nephew? No. They're not mahram. Okay? Or they're women. What does it mean by this? They're women? Women? I thought all women are okay to show your zina in front of. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they should only show their zina to their women. What does it mean by their women? Some scholars said their women means Muslim women. However, the better explanation is that Nisa'ihinna refers to their women, meaning women who are reliable, trustworthy. Because it's also possible that there's a Muslim woman who's you know, got her camera and she's taking pictures, 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 and you know that she's going to upload them on Facebook. And you're in a girl's party, but she's going on taking pictures, and you're dressed up. So if this woman doesn't understand the concept of hijab, then what are you going to do in that situation? You have to cover in front of her, even if she's a Muslim. And there's other non-Muslims on the other hand, who understand the concept of hijab and who respect it, and they will not take your picture without permission, and they will not put it up somewhere without your permission. So nisa'ihin, their women, meaning the women whom they are comfortable with, the women whom they find reliable, trustworthy, أو or مَا مَلَكَتْ That which their right hands possess. What does it mean by that? Slaves. Now, of course, slavery doesn't exist today, but back then, if a woman owned a slave, and that was a man, she didn't have to observe hijab in front of him. Alright? أو مَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَانُهُنْ أو or التَّابِعِينَ التَّابِعِينَ plural of tabir. Who is tabir? One who follows. Who is tabir? One who follows. 
So التابعين, the followers, what does it mean by that? It refers to those men who just follow others in the sense that they are completely dependent on others. They don't think themselves, they are not even able to look after their needs themselves. They need somebody to come and help them sit up. They need somebody to tell them to eat. They need somebody to tell them to you know, lift up their spoon so that they can eat properly. Tabi'een. Who does tabi'een refer to? Dependent men. Dependent men. Because they're just followers. They can't do things themselves. But one condition has been set. Because it's possible there's a guy in a wheelchair. Alright? And he's dependent on others. But his mind is as good as it can be. Very active. And sometimes it could be active in a very bad way. The condition has been set. That tabi'een غَيْرِ ulil irba. غَيْرِ other than ulil irba. Possessors of desire min rijal from among the men. Irba, Hamza Raba, remember Musa a.s. he said, in my stick there are ma'aribu ukhra, other needs that I fulfilled with this stick. So irba is basically a need. A need that you have to fulfill. So for a man, one of the basic needs that he must fulfill is his sexual desire. So, غَيْرِ أُولِ الْإِرْبَ مِنَ rijal. it refers to those men who don't have any sexual desire. Who don't have any kind of sexual desire. Who are not interested in this. Why? Extremely old. Or there's some mental disability because of which she doesn't think of these matters. You know, somebody once told me that they used to go volunteer somewhere. And there were a couple of men whom they would help out. And one of the men, he was in a wheelchair. Like he had some serious disabilities. But whenever he would try to have a conversation with him, he would say such like foolish things. Such foolish things that it was... Shocking, surprising. So don't think that every old man, you know, you can go in front of him dressed up. Every old man or a person in a wheelchair, there's no harm. The condition is, غَيْرِ أُولِلْإِرْبَةِ مِنَ الرِّجَالِ Or الطفل, children, meaning little boys, الَّذِينَ those who لَمْ يَظْهَرُوا It has not become apparent, meaning to them, they have not come to know about عَلَىٰ عُرَاتِ nisa. About the private matters of women. Boys who do not know about women's private matters. Meaning they don't know about women's private parts. They don't know what sexual intercourse is. They don't know about these things. So when they're of that age, a woman may display her zina in front of her. What if there's a kid who's 11 years old. He's got no mustache. Alright. His voice is still not heavy. But he knows all of these things. Then what? Do you cover in front of him? Yes. You see, over here we have been told, minar rijal, men. Alright? So men means a man is a man. Even if he desires other men, he doesn't desire women. It's quite possible that one day, as he's looking at a woman, he thinks, hmm, let me change my mind. You never know. You never know. Alright? Nisa'ihinna also means that if there is a woman whom you know, you know, she sleeps with other women, or she's interested in other women, then you have to guard yourself in front of her just as you would guard yourself in front of another man. Alright? So, غَيْرِ أُولِ الْإِرْبَةِ بِنَ الرِّجَالِ أَوْ الطِّفْلِ الَّذِينَ لَمْ يَظْهَرُوا عَلَىٰ عُرَاتِ النِّسَاءِ Alright. This is one command, right? That the women must cover themselves up in front of these men. Now remember that part of this is also 
Like if there is a man who was nursed by the same woman that nursed you. You understand? Let's say he's your cousin. And the Prophet ﷺ said that what is unlawful because of blood relations is also unlawful because of rada'ah. Alright? So if your cousin was nursed, let's say by your mother, then your cousin is like a mahram to you. You understand? This is why in many families what they do is that they nurse each other's babies. So that when the kids grow up, there's no hijab issue. Alright. One more thing. In the ayah we learn about father-in-law. Right? In the same extension we learn about son-in-law. Right? That they are mahram. Son-in-law and father-in-law are both mahram. However, your daughter's father-in-law or your son's father-in-law is not mahram. Alright? Is not mahram. Likewise, husband's uncle. We learn about husband's nephew, not mahram. Husband's uncle also is not mahram, whether maternal or paternal. You understand? Because when we come in these situations and we're kind of stuck, I remember when I got married and we had to go visit my husband's uncle, I was like, do I have to cover in front of them? What's going on here? I was confused. So, you know, this is important to know. That your husband's uncle, husband's nephew, they are not mahram to you. In a hadith we learned that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, beware of getting into the houses and meeting women in seclusion. Meaning he told men that don't go into a person's house and talk with a woman, meaning who's not mahram to you, in seclusion. Don't do that. So somebody asked that, Ya Rasulullah, what about the husband's brother? Meaning, what if it's my brother's wife? So my brother's house, can I go to his house and just sit with my sister-in-law and you know have tea with her and chat with her? Can you do that? The Prophet ﷺ said, Alhamu maut. The husband's brother is like death. Deadly. Super dangerous. Super dangerous. Basically that is what it means. That your husband's brother, you know you might be very cool with him, you might have a very good friendly relationship with him, but you better be careful around him. You have to observe your proper hijab, your etiquette in front of him, because you know there is a relationship here, right? So there is going to be more interaction. And you have to be on your guard constantly. Because similar in age sometimes, or because they're a family, part of extended family, you know, there could be a fitna. And if that fitna comes in, then life could become very, very difficult. So you have to be more careful about non-mahram who are related to you. You understand the message here? Now remember one thing, that obviously the level of zina that a woman would display in front of her husband is different. right? And when you go in front of your father-in-law, of course there will be some difference. Right? When you go in front of children, there will be some difference. So it varies. right? Your brother, uh, your uncle, it varies from person to person, situation to situation. You know best what your family culture is. You know best what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. And you are the best one to decide what is appropriate in a given situation. Go ahead. I mean, if they live in the same house, so for example, two brothers share a house, first of all, that's unfair to the wife. Because this is not fair to her that every time she has to step out of her bedroom, she has to cover her hijab or she has to be on guard, you know, in the kitchen. She's not free in her own house. So this is something that is unfair to her. So it's understandable when it's a temporary situation. 
But as a permanent thing, this is something that should not be adopted. Because either she will have to give up on observing her hijab properly, which happens in most cases, that the girl is so tired of putting her hijab on, or sometimes others feel awkward. So the family pressurizes her. That you don't need to you know, cover yourself so much in the house, it's okay, no big deal. And she's sitting at the same table with her brother-in-law with her face covered in makeup and jewelry all because she wants to dress up for her husband, but the brother-in-law comes in. It's not fair. So the hudud are being compromised over here. Go ahead. Sister's husband. You see, there is an ayah in the Qur'an that two sisters cannot be married to a man at the same time. Right? So because of that, some scholars, they give the allowance that I mean, a woman, if she goes in front of her sister's husband, right? I mean, obviously she will cover herself. She can't go in front of her as she would go in front of her brother. She will cover herself. But there will be degree of hijab is not the same as that of other non-mahram men. Because there's so many instances we learn about Asma radiallahu anha, the daughter of Abu Bakr, sister of Aisha radiallahu anha, her coming to the house of the Prophet ﷺ, talking with him. And at one occasion, the Prophet ﷺ, in fact, he offered her a ride. Because she was going, carrying stuff, and the Prophet ﷺ was also going on his mountain. There were some other sahaba with him. And so the Prophet ﷺ offered her, should I give you a ride? And she refused. Why? Because she remembered that her husband is very protective about her. So she refused the offer. Anyway, one more thing in this ayah, وَلَا يَضْرِبْنَ بِأَرْجُلِهِنَّ They should not strike with their feet. أَرْجُلِ is a plural of رِجِلِ Meaning when they're walking, they should not strike their feet in such a way that لِيُعْلَمَ That it becomes known. What becomes known? مَا يُخْفِينَ مِنْ زِينَتِهِنَّ That which they are hiding of their adornment. Because when a woman is, you know, she's dressed up, and let's say she's wearing a hijab or an abaya, or even though she's not wearing that, she's wearing her normal clothes. If she walks in a particular way, what happens? Parts of her body move. Alright? And they become very noticeable when she walks. Whether it is jewelry, or it is part of body, whatever it may be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us to watch our style of walking also. Are we walking in a way that would display some of our zina? Whether it is the chest or the hair or whatever part of the body it may be, we have to be careful about our walk. How is it that we walk? Sometimes what happens is that our, let's say the abaya is, you know, it's open from the front. It's closed when you're standing or something, but as you're walking, you don't care about it and the baya is flying everywhere and you're walking and your clothes are showing and your ankles are showing. That is not okay. Sometimes jewelry. You know, you're wearing some bangles or earrings or something on your ankles. You're wearing that but the way you step, the way you walk, ah, oh, shoes. Shoes even, heels. Right? When you're walking, every tuck, 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 you know, the guy is sitting at the end of the hallway and he's wondering where's this tuk-tuk coming from. And he looks and, oh, she, her, she's walking. So walk in a way that the zina is not exposed. Yes. A woman should not walk in a way that she attracts attention, unnecessary attention. Yeah. I mean, that's beyond your control. Right? 
وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Allah addresses the believers. Tubu إِلَى اللَّهِ All of you do tawbah to Allah. Turn back to Allah. Repent to Allah. So over here, we don't need to think about other people. My friend used to dress up like that, and my sister, she wears her hijab the wrong way. And yeah, I saw Sister Tamiya with that kind of hijab. Don't think about others. What do we need to think about? Us. Me, me, me. Is my hijab, the way I am dressed, is this acceptable near Allah? Allah says, Tubu ilallah. Turn back to Allah. Tubu is take a U-turn. Yes, you're so used to dressing up in a particular way, wearing your hijab in a particular way. Not take a U-turn. Go back. Change yourself according to the instructions that Allah Azza wa Jal has given here. Ayyuhal mu'minun, ya believers. Ya mu'minun, change yourselves. La'allakum tuflihun, so that you may succeed. Because if you don't observe this, you can never be successful. Neither in this life, nor the next. In a hadith we learn that whoever says, La ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, walhamdulillah, وَسُبْحَانَ وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ Then this will be an expiation for all his sins. Even if they be like the foam on sea. Saying what? لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ وَسُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ Because when you read these ayat and you think about the times that you have not worn hijab properly, the times when you have deliberately dressed up in a way to attract attention, I mean, it makes you feel guilty. So get over that guilt. Seek forgiveness from Allah and change your way in the future. We listen to the recitation. وَقُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَغْضُبْنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنَّ وَيَحْفَظْنَ فُرُوجَهُنَّ وَلَا يُبْدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ إِلَّا مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا وَلْيَضْرِبْنَ بِخُمُرِهِنَّ عَلَى جُيُوبِهِنَّ وَلَا يُبْدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ إِلَّا لِبُعُولَتِهِنَّ أَوْ آبَائِهِنَّ أَوْ آبَاءِ بُعُولَتِهِنَّ أَوْ أَبْنَائِهِنَّ أَوْ أَبْنَائِهِنَّ أو أبناء بعولتهن أو إخوانهن أو إخوانهن أو بني إخوانهن أو بني أخواتهن أو نسائهن أو نسائهن أو ما ملكت أيمانهن أو التابعين أو التابعين غير أولي الإربة من الرجال أو الطفل الذين لم يظهروا على عورات النساء ولا يضربن بأرجلهن ليعلم ما يخفين من وَتُوبُوا 
Okay, so we wanted to do a little activity with you guys and we want you guys to look at the aya now and spot what's right and spot what's wrong. Come closer so they can so, really scan you guys. There should be more than 10 things that are right or wrong. Quickly. Sister Maryam is doing her catwalk now. Is there anything wrong with her hijab? Please, what's wrong with her hijab? Chest is covered but it's not concealed. It should be concealed. Can you conceal it please? Show us how you will do that. Yeah, so take your hijab out. Good. And like we discussed, part of the shoulder should also be covered. Turn around. Okay, good. Doesn't that look nicer? Okay. One more thing. Yeah, your neck was showing, wasn't it? Well, nice earrings, by the way. Okay, next person, quickly come. This was our showstopper. Okay. Your course in charge. Hmm. What's behind you on your abaya? It's a pin. Why? Okay, so uh, it makes the abaya nice and snug. It's to show oh. her abs. Okay. Uh, anything else wrong with her? What's wrong? The bun is too high? Okay. So what needs to be done? Lowered a little bit. Anything else? Jewelry? Okay. But what if you're going to a wedding party? You're outside. And as you're walking into the women's section, there's guys over there. And then when you look at it from far, you see the thing really... You know, it catches your attention. So what can you do if you're going to a wedding party? And you want to wear that. Can you take it off? Does it fit in your bag? Yep. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so, so when you get to the wedding, go to the bathroom, which you will do anyway. Right? And then what you can do is put everything on that you want. Anything else? Okay, yeah, the hijab. Of course, we discussed that earlier. It needs to be adjusted. Anything else? Please uh, face... The makeup? Okay, but what if you... I mean, you're wearing makeup when you're going to a wedding. Okay, so for example, you could conceal it. Okay, over here there's basically the lips. You could conceal it. And when you get to the party, you can put it on. That's the other option. Next person, quickly. <laughs> yani, this is like... Totally... What's wrong here? The hair, the hijab, everything. Okay. Next person, anything wrong here? Minus the hijab, we discussed that. What else? The hair and the necklace. Can you put that inside your abaya? Good. Wow, how did you do that? Zainab. Okay, uh, what's the deal here? The neck is covered. Ears are also covered. Hair is covered. 
face only the face is showing and what's wrong go ahead it's covered it's not concealed and i mean it's being highlighted it's covered hair is covered but the hair is not concealed right and likewise i mean the face too much of it is being shown all right so like under the chin that is showing part of the ear is showing what are the earrings over here what are the earrings over here zina right so can you do something to cover your earrings inshallah yeah yeah of course later on quickly anything different from what we have seen so far the jacket it looks what's wrong with the jacket too short well so what What's wrong with the hijab here? Okay, besides the earrings, it's not really concealing her. It's covering but not concealing. So what is it that she needs to do differently? Put her hijab out on her shoulders. Right? Jacket seems okay to me, but if the jacket is too tight, then that would also be revealing the body. Anything different here? Oh. You see anything? What is showing here? Arms. Okay so when you're at Al-Huda sitting with your sisters your friends you know go ahead lift up your abaya if you want but the moment you're stepping out of the moment guys are coming in then you need to roll your sleeves down okay anything else yes the necklace hijab we discussed that next person anything different here except for the hijab the necklace yeah chest is not covered okay <laughs> oh my <laughs> So So what's the problem over here minus the hijab? The actions. <laughs> actions. Right? The walk should also be modest. The walk should also be such that it does not reveal zina. Because when she will walk like this and do like this, what is she doing? Do that again? So Exactly. That's a little too attractive, right? 